Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Every Thursday at podcast1.com and iTunes. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for streaming. Thank you for checking it out. However you do so, uh, you know you can always listen to this thing wherever you get your podcast these days. A variety of ways to do that. And of course, uh, maybe the easiest and most common would be to go to iTunes or to, of course, podcast1.com and you can download and stream and all that. And I appreciate you doing so wherever you do so around the world. Hear from all of you all the time, and it is greatly appreciated. Glad you enjoy what I do here. Remember, what you hear when you hear interviews, and every week there is an interview here on this podcast, they all originate and come from my Sirius XM show, which is a daily rock talk show on every day, Monday through Friday, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. It replays every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and it's also available on demand on the Sirius XM app. It is called Trunk Nation, and it is a lot of fun. It happens on Channel 106 Volume, which is an all-talk-about-music channel, and I'm very proud to do all rock talk there every day in the time that I just told you. There's also weekend best-ofs of that show that air 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. We have a lot of fun, a lot of interviews, a lot of variety of rock guests, sometimes no guests, a lot of talk, a lot of conversation, a lot of your phone calls. Here on this podcast, you get a little tiny taste of that with one cherry-picked interview from what is an entire week of broadcasts. And last week, I had a call come in couple calls, as a matter of fact, come into my volume show of people who told me they were holdouts in getting Sirius XM, and they would only just listen the one time a week here on the podcast. And then they said, what the heck? I'll spend a couple bucks, which is like the, the cost of like two Starbucks, I think, for a month of radio. And they came on board, and they're like, we love it. Now we get it. So again, I'm never going to uh, overly push you guys, but I will tell you, if you enjoy what I do on the podcast, and you don't have Sirius or XM radio, 
I would highly suggest giving it a shot. You can even get a 30-day, I think a 30- or 60-day free trial if you just go to their website. And uh, these interviews that you hear on this show, the one coming up, and every week the interview portion of this podcast is uh, all originates on that radio show, which is why sometimes you'll hear phone calls and stuff like that, and you'll wonder, how can I get involved in that? How can that be on a podcast? Well, because it came from my radio show, which, as I said, is live. I do a six-show on Sirius XM on Mondays as well on the music channel, Hair Nation Channel 39. That's from 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It's also live, although I can't do that every week because of the uh, schedule and sometimes there's some conflicts and there will be some coming up because I am getting ready to head to Mexico for three weeks and get ready to go on the road for a month. I'm I'm about to do the longest run on the road of my life coming up. And I know compared to a touring rock band, it's nothing. But for me, in the past, the most I've ever sort of been away and on the road working has been maybe a couple weeks. We used to do that metal show in L.A., and I'd go out there and spend a couple weeks there and knock out 10 episodes and come back. This is going to be pretty interesting and uh, I'm even not going to be home with my family for Thanksgiving because of this, but it is well worth it on a lot of levels. And I'm excited about it because I'm going to be touring Mexico with Deep Purple, who will be on their farewell tour. And they are doing a tour called The Long Goodbye. And their final ever tour through Mexico is coming up. They start the tour in Tijuana. I cannot make that show I'll start on night number two in Chihuahua, Mexico, and go right with them till the end in Cancun, Mexico, uh, which wraps up just the the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And it's interesting because, you know, Deep Purple being an older band, they take two or three nights off between gigs. A lot of bands play two, three nights in a row. Deep Purple plays a night, takes two, three off. So it's going to have a we're going to have a lot of spread out downtime as we travel around Mexico. We're going to be flying on a private plane. I am with Deep Purple, staying in real nice places. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Uh, I was over in Mexico City a few weeks ago. I did a press conference for this tour. George Santos is the promoter, and I got to meet him and his staff, and they seemed like great people and really excited about this. And look, in all honesty, I hear all the concerns from people about certain areas of Mexico, and I'm obviously going to be aware of that, but I'm going to be traveling with an internationally known, uh, you know, all-time legendary rock act, so I think we're going to be in pretty good hands. And uh, I know that the fans there are extremely excited and extremely excited that I'm a part of it, which is really very flattering. And I don't even know where my connection came to Mexico so strongly. I know that me- that metal show did air in Mexico and was very popular there. Myself, Don and Jim even did a little tour through there once a few years ago where we did some speaking shows. So I'm sure that has a big part of it. I know this podcast, of course, is heard there. And I'm also told by people that they get SiriusXM there, even though SiriusXM doesn't broadcast to Mexico. They cover U.S. and Canada, but they don't get to Mexico, although there are people that have the radios and somehow get the signal. So more power to you. I'm glad you get to hear what I'm doing uh, wherever you get to hear it, however you get to hear it. So this should be fun. Uh, It's getting really close now. It's a lot of pressure on me because I've got to figure out, I've got to button up a lot of stuff to make this work because, as I just mentioned, I am delivering a daily live radio show. 
So I need to be able to do that from wherever I am in Mexico. So if you are a listener on the volume show, you will be hearing me broadcast from all over the country of Mexico every day on that Deep Purple tour. And that's going to be a bit of a challenge, but I'm told by the promoters they will make it work and get me the hookups that I need to make it work. So you can follow along not only via social media, Twitter, at Eddie Trunk, Instagram, Facebook, all at Eddie Trunk. As I always say, Twitter, where I'm most active and up to the second. So follow on social media. But if you are a listener to the SiriusXM show, that show's still going to happen. I'm going to be doing it from wherever I am in Mexico the entire time. So it's going to be a pretty wild experience, to say the least. Now, before I get to Mexico, I'm getting on the road a week earlier. I've got a date on November 2nd in Houston where I will do a, a date on the Hair Nation tour as that starts to wind down now, but I'll host one last show in Houston on that. Then on November 3rd, I fly over to Tulsa, host a show with Kicks at the IDL Ballroom. And then on November 4th, I fly back over to Houston where I will host a show there with April Wine and Sweet and Wolf Mother, Carbach Brewing Company in Houston called Foamhenge. So I'll do that on the 4th, then fly back over. No, then I stay in Houston for a day or two, and then I fly into Chihuahua to kick off my run with Deep Purple. So I spend some time in Houston, one day in Tulsa, and then over to uh, Mexico for the run with Deep Purple. That is the month of November pretty much in a nutshell. It's going to be wild. I'm excited about it, and uh, you guys can join me through the radio and, of course, as always, through Twitter and whatever other social media I have time for. But Twitter's the one I get most into. Um, What else can I tell you? I just came from El Dorado, Arkansas. I know what you're saying. Where? And, yes, I have confirmed it is pronounced Dorado, not Dorado. El Dorado, Arkansas. Interesting gig I had this past weekend. Hosted a show there with Sammy Hagar, Brett Michaels, and Lita Ford. All three very good friends for a long time. And, of course, Sammy's whole band, Michael Anthony. Sammy and Michael, two of my favorite people ever on the planet in the rock world. And, you know, I was at Sammy's event a couple weeks ago in in California, which was great, but obviously that was a much bigger deal and it was pretty crazy. So I didn't really have a chance to spend a lot of time with him. Didn't get a chance to really watch the show. In El Dorado last Friday, I did. I did get a ch- I spent a lot of time with Sammy, Michael, the band, saw Brett, hung with him a little bit, uh, saw Lita, saw everybody. And it was way more of a relaxed situation and got to watch all the bands. Everybody played well. Uh, Sammy, of course, again, remains a freak in the best of ways at 71, what he can still do. Really incredible. But I talked to Sammy a lot backstage about a lot of different things, and uh, it was always great catching up with him and Michael, which I also had a great chance to talk to. And he told me some things that uh, will remain off the record, but some stuff that was kind of interesting. So great to see those guys. But more interestingly, the place I went to, El Dorado, Arkansas, Never heard of it. Never even been to Arkansas before last weekend. And it is not, honestly, it is not a convenient place to get to. I flew into, I connected, went Houston to Little Rock and then rented a car and drove two hours to get to El Dorado. Interesting thing about this 
city in in the middle of Arkansas, it, very remote, pretty much in the middle of nothing. And what happened there, it, I guess it was a pretty repressed city and having some problems. And an oil company that had a base there ended up investing a ton of money into this city to kind of revitalize it. And they did it by opening a bunch of really cool music venues in an arts district in their downtown. They clean the whole place up. They have a really nice downtown. They put up this uh, temporary stage, this amphitheater. They put up a, a couple permanent stages and venues and really did a phenomenal job. And the place has been open the whole area has only been open for a year. The buildings they were using were all brand new. So in the middle of this area that's, you know, going through some tough times, pretty obviously, they have built a really like this shining little diamond for arts and music in the middle of this city. And uh, this was the first big event. The event has gone on for 30 years. This is the first time this year was the first time that it happened in these in this brand new setting in these new venues run really well they've brought in a lot of people from other parts of the country to help out it's a pretty interesting concept and idea and i'm rooting for these guys really good people they took care of me they were so good to me and all the bands the fans there were very cool and uh you know i hope this whole thing works for them the night before I got there, they did like a funk R&B night that I heard did not go all that well in terms of attendance. The night that Sammy played, which was the rock night last Friday that I hosted, did well. I don't think it was 100% where they wanted it to be, but it did well. And then this past Saturday, I left, but they had their country night headlined by Toby Keith. And that did, I'm sure that did the best country in that part of the country. So... Uh, I don't know how the, the whole thing's going to... I mean, they want to do stuff there going forward. They want to build this into a yearly thing. And again, I'm rooting for them. I hope to be a part of it. The The biggest challenge they have there, and I told them that, is just the location. Because the nearest airports are really two hours away. Uh, the, you can fly into Louisiana, and you can also fly into, like I said, Little Rock, but you're still looking at an hour and 40 to two-hour car ride from there. But, uh, you know, if it, it's going to be interesting to see if they can make this work. And, and I'm rooting for these guys. Like I said, they were really good people and uh, and really hoping to make that city get turned around. And the venues were beautiful. It was beautiful. But, you know, they're in a situation now that, that honestly they have to overpay all the acts a lot because nobody really routes through there because it's not really close to anything, although they can start to look at that and maybe make that work a little bit. But it was a fascinating sort of experiment to see the the you know seeds planted for uh, yet another area of the country that might be able to do some cool music events on a yearly basis. So that was kind of fun to do and be a part of. Um, as you guys are hearing this, I am in Los Angeles. If you're hearing this on post day, I am getting ready to host the Dio Cancer Fund bowling event, which will happen tonight. I believe it's sold out. It's at Pins in Studio City. My team this year is going to be unbelievable because I have confirmed Geezer Butler, yes, the icon of Black Sabbath, to be on my team. <laughs> this is my bowling team, unless something changes, that I put together a celebrity team every year, is Geezer Butler, 
Tom Morello, Adam Jones from Tool, and Doug Aldridge. Me and the winning bidder from the eBay auction for the Cancer Fund. That is going to be unbelievable. Now, Geezer has never done it before. And Geezer was reaching out to me about possibly getting involved uh, through his wife, who's also his manager. We had a lot of conversations. And then just this past Saturday, I got a note from Wendy Dio saying, Geezer's in. I hope it gets quite chaotic, so I hope Geez can hang. <laughs> He's not drinking these days, so he doesn't have anything to help him numb the pain. But well, I'll, I'll let you know as a full report on how we do with our bowling team, and it should be a blast and all for a great cause for the Dio Cancer Fund. So that's what I will be doing tonight if you're listening to this on the day of post, which is Thursday in Los Angeles. Then I'll fly back tomorrow, Friday, and I'll actually have a weekend home, something I haven't had in ages, and then a week home before I go away for a month. Man, what a what a run. And then there's stuff already scheduled for December, which includes an L.A. gun show back in Tulsa and uh, our TMS Christmas party we do with that metal show, sort of reunion party in New Jersey every year. That happens at Dingbats in Clifton. That's already scheduled. All of my appearances, the confirmed stuff, as usual, on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. Let's get to the interview for this week, and it is with Ace Fraley, one of the two members of the original band <laughs> that still talk to me and that we're still friends. And uh, with Ace, I go back over 30 years at this point. And Ace and I have a huge history together. I signed Ace to his solo deal when he left Kiss in 86, 87. First artist I ever signed and worked with in that capacity. And to this day, we remain very close friends with a ton of history over the more than 30 years that we've known each other. Ace, of course, has a brand new album just released called Spaceman. We talk about that take some calls from some people, talk about the never-ending rumor and discussion about him potentially returning to KISS for these alleged farewell shows they're going to do. And as I've said many times, I have never in my life seen a band announce a farewell tour without announcing one date for it. So my suspicion and my view is that I think Gene and Paul are trying to test the waters, see what the reaction is, and see if they're going to need Ace and Peter to light a fire to help them sell tickets. And we talk about that during this interview, and Ace very much agrees with it. Ace says he has not been contacted yet, but uh, the same thing. And, and interestingly enough, as Ace alludes to in the interview you're about to hear, Paul Stanley, who has done all the talking about this farewell tour, without a date being announced, but, you know, all this promotion for shows that don't exist yet or aren't on sale yet, which, again, is odd beyond belief, to me at least. But um, Ace mentions this, as you're about to hear. When Paul was first asked about Ace, Peter, old members coming back, he was completely, nope, nope, not, not, not going to happen, not, in, the, not in, the, in discussion. Now, the recent press... We'll see. Anything's possible. What does that tell you? <laughs> he knows they're going to need help. He knows they need to light a fire. They're not dumb. And Ace mentions that, and he's reading into that as well. So who knows what's revolving and what's going on? But uh, we'll know. We'll you know we'll we'll know. Like Ace said, if he gets the call, they'll they'll discuss it and see. But I, I you got to think something's up. 
because they've changed their tune the way they're answering that question. And uh, I think the whole point of them announcing dates without or announcing a tour without any dates was exactly that, to test the waters and see what sort of reaction there would be to it. So see what Ace has to say. You'll hear from him in just a couple minutes on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Ace Fraley is the guest. We'll come right back and get into it next. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, if you or a loved one get leg or foot cramps, you know how painful and disruptive they can be. Muscle cramps, they can jolt you out of a sound sleep or interrupt your daily life. It's happened to me. Trust me, folks. I know. Listen carefully because I recently learned about TheraWorks Relief. It's a non-greasy foam. It's proven to relieve muscle cramps fast and reduce muscle soreness. Plus, with daily use, TheraWorks Relief can even prevent muscle cramps before they even start. So you can get a full night's sleep or do the activities you love without worry. TheraWorks Relief. It only takes minutes to apply. It absorbs quickly and it works. People love the results. You've probably seen Dr. Drew Pinsky on TV talking about TheraWorks Relief, and many of my colleagues on radio are also talking about TheraWorks Relief. Now the holiday season is around the corner, so you know someone who suffers with muscle cramps or muscle soreness. Can't think of a better gift than TheraWorks Relief. It's a great choice for preventing and relieving muscle cramps. Make it your choice. Get TheraWorks Relief today in the pain relief aisle at Walmart, CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, or by talking to your pharmacist. Learn more at TheraWorksRelief.com. Hey guys, it's Jack Vanek from The Lady Gang, and I'm sitting here with true crime TV producer and my best friend, Alexis Linkletter, and we are so excited that we are finally launching our true crime podcast called The First Degree right here on Podcast One. And each week, we are going to bring you the craziest true crime stories and talk to the people who are one degree away from each of these crazy events. And we've dragged crime journalist Billy Jensen along for the ride, and he can't get rid of us. Join us on The First Degree every Wednesday on podcast1.com and the PC1 app. Also remember to rate and review. Hey, if you're excited for Halloween, you are going to love all the thrilling shows Podcast One has to offer. Get ready for chills with some of the best crime and mystery shows around like Beyond the Darkness, Serial Killer Podcast, Cold Case Files, Murder Made Me Famous, The First Degree, and so much more. Check out all these thrilling shows today on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcast. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Eddie Trunk back with you on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Let's get right to it from my Sirius XM show from a couple weeks ago on Channel 106 Volume, my daily rock talk show there. He paid me a visit in the studio. We welcome to the Eddie Trunk podcast. Here he is, Ace Fraley. Welcome, Ace. His new album, Spaceman, is out on Friday. We'll talk about that in a second. No, but there was... uh I guess about a month ago, there was a lot of celebration about all four solo records because they came out the same day. Okay. Coming out 40 years ago. I hope I'm getting a check soon. (laughs) (laughs) What are your recollections of making the 78 record? Oh, very, very positive. Very good. It was, you know, it was great about that record. Paul and Gene weren't around. <laughs> I had free reign. I had Eddie Kramer, who who I felt very comfortable with in the studio because I'd worked with him on t- 
two or three albums prior to that. And I had Anton Figg, one of the world's greatest drummers, even though he was young and uh, impressionable. But I guided him through some of the songs. But it was just us three, you know. I you know I play a, a track with Anton rhythm guitar, then I'd throw on a scratch bass, and then you know the vocals came last and the solo. That material though on that '78 record to this day, I mean it's you know it's such a loved record, it's such a great record, it still holds up incredibly well. But the songs on that record, had you had them before that and presented them to Kiss and they passed on it, or did you write it all fresh when you recorded that? There was a couple of songs on that record, and I don't remember which ones, but I had made demos of them and never presented them to Kiss because I knew they were that good, and I wanted to, and I held back because I knew we were doing solo records. Right after, after this, you know, on the, what was the what was the record right before the the one we did in Theater of the Round, Rock and Roll Over. Well, rock and roll, but the record before the solo, the last studio record before the solo records would have been Love Gun. Okay, so after Love Gun, I I had I started writing for the next album, and there was two or three songs. I think Rip It Out might have been one I held back because it was a great opener, and uh, you know. But everybody does that kind of stuff when you know you know you have X amount of material and you have to come up with X amount of material. Sometimes you know. You save it for certain projects. Like if a guy like me was doing film scores or doing themes for a television show and I came up with something really catchy, I would probably save it for that genre. Mm. And, of course, a huge hit on that record, which still to this day gets played all the time at sporting events, especially here in New York, Giants games, Yankees games, whatever, is, is New York Groove, which I don't know how many people realize is a cover it, it was a it was a, it was a, a, a cover. Where did who brought a lot that? Of people thought a lot of people thought I wrote that song because the original song was not a hit. The original version of the song, correct, which was written by Russ Ballard. So how did how did that come on your radar? Who gave you the idea? Or was that your idea to cover that? I had nothing to do with that song. It was Eddie Kramer's assistant. Eddie Kramer played it for me, and I said I hate it. <laughs> and then Eddie kept trying to cajole me into doing it and I listened to it over and over again and just to make Eddie happy I tracked it and then once I put my once I acified it <laughs> you know uh, it started sounding better to me and I said and then when we moved to the studio at Radio City where all the Rockettes used to walk by <laughs> you know we did overdubs there and uh it really came together in that studio. We had a couple of chicks come in and sing the harmony against the chorus. And I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, sometimes you, sometimes you know from the outset you got something great. You know, when I started recording this record, I, I had a feeling that it was going to be a good record. And uh, New York Groove, I wasn't sure. Yeah. And ne next thing you know, it's my biggest hit to date. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. You hear it all the time. Can't still, figure it out. <laughs> well, we could talk about the old days all all day long, but you're here to sell a new record, of course, which is called Spaceman, and is out on 
on Friday. And a lot of interesting things about this record, the thing that's maybe getting some of the biggest headlines is the fact that, you know, on Origins, you had a reunion with Paul Stanley because you guys did Fire and Water and he did the video. Mm-hmm. And on this record, significant because you have reunited with Gene in a in a working capacity, at least on this record. So yeah. talk a little bit about that, how that came about and uh, how you feel about the results. Well, I was doing a vault experience in Los Angeles at Capitol Records with Gene, and uh, it went really well, and we were funny, and we jammed a little, had some fun. Uh, I think, uh, who's the drummer in Kiss right now? Eric Singer. I know. (laughs) He's one of my, I love Eric. We go out all the time together. Eric and Bruce showed up. used to have up. a nickname for Eric Singer. I don't know if you remember that. Me? Yeah, you're at the end. Yeah. Something, something. Yeah, it's Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> there I, was another one, too. You, you <laughs> towards the end. See, I... See, this is why when you do your next book, you need to talk to me because yeah. I give I I remember the story. People can fill me in. Well, people may not. I said this before. People don't may not know this, but just a quick thing on Ace and I our history. The first time Ace became a solo artist, I got him his record deal. I signed him to his record deal, Megaforce Records, eighty seven, right? And those were the days when you did interviews via fax because it was before email and all that. So Ace used this is true. You don't know how much you remember this. We used to get faxed by reporters the interview questions, and you'd fill them out and send them back. So nine times out of ten, Ace would look at the questions and he'd be like, "I don't remember all this. What what record was?" And you'd ask me. Yeah. And then finally, it got to the point where I ended up just answering the questions. questions (laughs) There's some magazine interviews out there that are actually with me interpreting for Ace because he doesn't remember all the time. Although your memory's gotten way better since you've been sober, I think. It has. So anyway, back to Eric Singer, who had multiple nicknames you had for him. But go ahead. I, I working forgot. with Gene, how I, you got around to Gene, working oh, with Gene again. So we were up at the Tower Tower Records in Los Angeles, and Gene was doing his vault experience, trying to sell those safes. <laughs> For two grand. With 160 <laughs> songs, and there's a reason why they were never released. Exactly they I got, love you, Gene. They but, got tape you know. piss and stuff. People have said that to me all the time. They're just like, hey, what do you think? Somebody sent me one who will remain nameless, and I'm like, I, I don't know what what you're going to do. Like, there's a reason why these didn't show up on records. I know. <laughs> I mean, if, like Rockin' With The Boys, I wrote that chorus in the 70s, but I was never happy with the bridge of the verse. So I put it down, you know, and picked it up again, you know, in the 80s or the 90s. And then all of a sudden when I was recording this record, you know, I started playing the chorus and then... Uh, the verses just flowed. Then the bridge and it just all came together. I was very creative during the process of this album and it shows. But as far as pulling Gene into it, you you, recon- you you he just comes to your house and writes with you? I I I, I emailed Gene oh, like a week later. I said, I had a lot a lot of fun at the Vault Experience, would love to do more with you. And then I said by the way, I'm working on a new album. Would you like to come down to my home studio and write a song or two? Like a week later, he shows up at my doorstep. <laughs> he came in, and within three, maybe four hours, we had written two songs. Now, you live in San Diego. Correct. And he lives in L.A. 
So yeah. he, he, that was a that was well. A, actually, I'm in Rancho Santa Fe, which is uh, half an hour closer. Okay, I was going to say trying to gauge the amount of commitment he had, how how, how far he had to drive. Yeah, I had, <laughs> without traffic, it's an hour and a half, hour forty five, two hours. Still, that's a commitment on his yeah. end. It shows he really wanted to do it. And I don't know why he said my house was in the desert. <laughs> I mean, I live in a valley which with palm trees and grass everywhere and. You know, everything's very, what's the word, when gra- uh, landscape great. So what, so. I have no idea I'm talking about. This is what, what, my 15th interview today? <laughs> I just did 10 phoners in the other room. <laughs> but so, so, so tell me like what it was like reconnecting on a writing level. Who bring, there's two songs on this record that Gene co-wrote with you, right? Yeah. Without You I'm Nothing. And your wish is my command. And they came out great. And who, who, tell, take me through the process. Like, you hadn't written with this guy forever. You sit down, you, you, does he start playing you something? Where does it go? Like, for the opening track, uh, your You're, wish is my command. No, without you, I'm nothing is without, the opening track. <laughs> I, I have this uh, brain that flips things. But uh, Gene started playing the bass riff. And he said, play these chords to it. And I did. And it just evolved from that. And he didn't have any lyrics. So pretty much, you know, we said, I said, this is a great song. I recorded it on into Pro Tools, you know, just with with no lyrics and or anything. I think I had written a few lyrics uh, during the changes from the chorus to the verse. And uh, I, then we went on to the next song. Yeah, I mean, I when I know when the song's good. I hear it in my head. I hear the melodies. I hear it. so uh, we, we finished that one. Then we went on to the other one, and then pretty much he went home, and I, and I just acified it, wrote all the lyrics, and uh, rearranged some of the stuff, elongated the solo section in the first song. Now, does Gene play or sing on the record? Yeah, he played bass on the first one mm-hmm. from the original demo. People are saying he's played on both. No, he just played on the first one. And also on this record, you've got an, you've got an instrumental, which I think you've had on every one of your solo records, Quantum Flux. You, you, I think there's been, if I'm not mistaken, you've had one on every solo record, right? Yeah, what happened was uh, I, I invited Eric Singer into my uh, mixer studio up in, when I was mixing my album up in L.A. He lives right up the street from Wonderland School in Laurel Canyon. And me and, me and Eric uh, tracked this uh, blues song that I've had kicking around forever called Empty Bed Blues. And I listened to it a couple of times. And Eric's playing great in it and I'm playing good in it. But, you know, it's, you know sometimes blues songs are a little downer. Bum, 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 da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm, I'm talking to my uh, mixer, Warren Hewart, and I said, you know, every song, I, every studio album I've ever put out, I've always had a instrumental. I think if I don't put an instrumental on this record, my fans are going to be disappointed. So he says, what do you got? I says, well, I have this thing that's been kicking around for 10 years. And I started playing him the chord structure. And he goes, that's pretty good, Ace. I think we can do something with that. So he just played a click track, and I played it and doubled it. And uh, he played a little guitar on it, 
And then we overdubbed solos and stuff. And then uh, I, I said, I think we got it. Oh, yeah. I mean, ever since Fractured Mirror, which, of course, was on the 78 record, which you talked about a second ago. There's yeah. Been one, and, and they've usually closed the record. And what happened was uh, we needed drums. So, you know, we called Matt Starr, who lives 10 minutes away. He came over and threw a great drum track on it that pushed it and gave it some drive. And uh, who is on who is on this record besides you? And of course, you said Gene plays on the one song, but who did you have played? I, I didn't get a chance to look through the credits. Play drums and uh, who who else plays on it? Anton plays on two tracks, but they're old tracks that I erased all the parts, kept the drum track, and rewrote the songs. And who else plays drums? Uh, Scotty's playing on a, two or three songs, and uh, Matt Starr's playing on Quantum Flux and the Eddie Money cover. And are you playing bass on most of the record? Yeah. You like playing bass? Yeah. It's easy. I mean, if you can play lead guitar, you can play right, bass. Right, right, right. But, uh, I mean, Keith Richard played bass on a lot of the Stones tracks. I actually didn't know that. That's funny. Everybody I tell that to I didn't says know. the same thing. Yeah. Hey, I you, thought that was common knowledge. You mentioned the Eddie Money cover. I want to go back, which is probably gonna... one of my. It's one of my favorite songs on the record. Really? It, yeah. And and uh, you know, I just saw Eddie Money last weekend at a, a show in in California that I hosted for Sammy Hagar. He did this big beach party, and Eddie was there. And I talked did to he him for him. Yeah, well, he came out with Sammy and sang a couple songs. Mm -hmm. But I talked to him, and I asked him, I said, do you know that Ace Fraley covered I Want to Go Back on his new record? He goes, I had no idea. I said, yeah. He said, I, I had no clue. I goes, I got to hear it. I said, yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> and, and he goes to me, why'd he cover that? I go, I, I said, I think he's a fan of the song. I said, I think he, he goes, that's great. I mean, he goes, hey, I mean, Ace is a great guitar player. I mean, that's exciting. I, I want to hear it. <laughs> So he was excited about it, but he had no knowledge of it whatsoever. Do you, do you have any history with him, or you just like the no, song? No, I don't think... I, you know what? I'll tell you the history I have. New York with, guy. He was a cop. He might have arrested uh, you when you were a kid. Anything's <laughs> possible. <laughs> well, the but, lyrics of Bronx Boy, you know, you may have made better any money pinching you. I was on a date with, with I think, Bobby and, and, and these two gals from Westchester, and we went down the city, and we went to Tracks. That club that used to be on 72nd Street. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, Eddie Money's album had just come out. And he his band performed, you know, with Jimmy Lyons. Mm -hmm. And uh, took me by surprise. I said, these guys are good. They're going someplace. And then he had that hit with Two Tickets to Paradise, and he just took off. Yeah. Coming back with more with Ace Fraley on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, let me tell you guys about Robinhood. It's an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. And uh, that's pretty cool. Non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. Simple and intuitive, clear design with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. And if you're thinking about investing, that's exactly what you want, especially if you are new to it. Other brokerages, they charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. Trade stocks and keep all of your profit. Yep, 
all of your profit. Learn how to invest as you build your portfolio and discover new stocks and track favorite companies with personalized news feeds, custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. That's right. All you got to do is sign up at trunk.robinhood.com. That's my name, Trunk, T-R-U-N-K, dot Robinhood.com. You heard me right. You get a free, I mean, you did hear what I said, right? That's pretty amazing when you think about it. A free opportunity here to get involved with some free action. Robinhood is giving a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint. Yep, you heard me right, to help build your portfolio. Trunk.Robinhood.com. Trunk.Robinhood.com. Did you hear me say free? Check it out. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, here are some useful tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior, removing excess weight from your car. That'll improve your gas mileage. And you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. Pretty weird, right? Well, here's another tip you also might not know about. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with True Car, users can see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal and who doesn't want to know that before they buy it. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. So, you know the deal. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Let's get back to more with Ace Fraley on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. I got a lot of people that want to call in and talk to you before we have to go because I know we only have you to the top of the hour here. But um, a couple more things from me, then we'll hit a break and then we'll take some calls. Again, Ace's album is Spaceman, the brand new record. It is out everywhere this coming Friday in a multiple formats, three versions of vinyl, uh, CD, of course, download the whole, any way you want it, you can get it for sure. You, um, you recently let your, your band go. Yeah, that talk, was that was hard. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I had performed with Gene's backup band in Australia, and then uh, Gene, some for some reason, canceled his trip to Japan. So I went to Japan with this band, and we we did eight shows, and they're super tight. They all sing lead. So I like, know all those guys, by the yeah, way. Yeah, like four-part harmony. I mean, I, I'll never forget playing 2,000 Men the first time with this band. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing all the harmonies that were on the original record done by Paul and Gene. I'm saying, great. So uh, after uh, the end of the last show uh, in Tokyo, I said to these guys, are, are you available? You know, would you consider doing the cruise? And uh, they said, yeah. I mean, they're all fans they're of mine. They're huge KISS fans, yeah. Yeah. So uh, 
and you know, and they're cheaper than my band. And I'm trying to cut costs at them, and you know, you know, I I cut one crew member. Hey, I give you credit for being honest with what you just said. A lot of yeah. people wouldn't be that honest, but there's we talk about this all the time. But there's an economic aspect to this. It, it yeah. wasn't just about funds. I would I would have paid them what I'm paying my band right now because they're that good. And and um, how did it go? What, but what, don't let them know that. <laughs> but, but now they're going to hear this. <laughs> well, so so. But as far as the old guys, Chris Wise was he got a gig. He's playing in Hollywood Vampires. Chris took it really well. You know, he's been doing with the, playing with the vampires. He told me he was doing solo shows with Joe Perry. Yeah. And, you know, he's one of the most sought-after bass players in Los Angeles. So Chris took it really well. Scotty didn't take it very well. I know. I've been getting some texts from him. Okay. We'll leave it at that. But And Richie didn't take it well because his wife had just passed away. Which I'm so sorry to hear that. I did not realize was, she was even sick. I mentioned it last week. Joanne, his wife, we was like... It was a nightmare because I, you know... I kept procrastinating because I said, "How can I, how can I call Richie and let him know I'm using another band when his wife's on her deathbed?" And it was it was tearing me apart. Finally, I just said, "I got a man up," so I called him and I told him briefly why and you know, and he hung up on me. <laughs> He goes, I can't believe this shit. And he hung up on me. So two days later, I called him back in the evening. And, you know, I said, Rich, he apologized for hanging up on me. I've known Richie forever. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. So, you know, you know, we healed. He told me he loved me like a brother. I told him the same. I said, tell me what I can do for you. Because I know you were expecting the money from the cruise, you know. So I wired some money into his account to help pay for the wedding. You mean and the funeral? Why do I keep saying that? Well, I keep screwing that up. Yeah, for Joanne's funeral. She was a wonderful lady. Yeah, and they were inseparable for people that didn't. I mean, they yeah. were always, always and, together. And, you know, bad timing is bad timing, but, you know, business decisions really don't, can't, you know, with personal life, it, it never gels. It's never the right time mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. But I'm actually going up to the funeral today, and, and I'm going to say a couple of nice words about Joanne. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, please send my condolences as well. I Absolutely. I tried to reach Richie, but he. this is how inseparable he was with his wife. His wife had the phone all the time. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if he now has the phone because he was has the only her number. phone now. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's just it's 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 really, really sad. Last thing from me, then a break and then a few calls from the audience. You look great. We were talking about it off the air. You're thin as a rail. You 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 are doing all this stuff. Ronnie Mancuso. <laughs> well we talked about our mutual friend Ron Mancuso has this diet that you're doing, which is like, you know, basically no carb diet. Ronnie's family and himself own a tremendous Italian restaurant in Vegas. One of the best. bistro that I go to constantly and hang out yeah. with them. How you can stay away from bread and carbs and be in that restaurant every day, I don't know. Because as soon yeah. as you sit down, they put these garlic knots on the table. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. But anyway, you look great. You're doing all this stuff with... Uh, now Gene's involved. You've done some stuff with Paul. You're playing the Kiss Cruise. Sal from the Howard Stern Show, who was in the lobby a second ago, and we were talking, he comes up to me, he goes, you see how great Ace looks over there, how thin he is? You know why that is, right? 
because he's got to get back in the costume. He's going out with Kiss. <laughs> Everybody's got these theories, right? You can't help but not to have yeah. the theories when you see all this interaction and all this, you know, good feeling moment. The best news I got in the last week, and it really made my day. You know, in the last six months to a year, every time Paul was asked the question, is Ace going to be involved in future tours? He always shot it down. Yes. This past week, he was asked that question, and he said, I wouldn't rule it out. Yes, it's it definitely changed. And let me tell so, and you know, people, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we get I get calls to this show every day, people asking me about you potentially doing something on Now This Farewell and all that. And I say to the people all the time, I said, every time I talk to Ace, he's asking me. He doesn't know. He's waiting. He doesn't know anything at this point. Has anything changed? Do you still not know anything? I haven't been asked. You know, I, since they announced that tour, I haven't gotten a phone call. Well, let me give you my theory, which I think is interesting. Okay. I have never in my life seen a band announce a, tour, a farewell tour like they just did. Do press... Paul's out doing interviews for a farewell tour with not one date being announced. You announce a tour, there's usually a schedule of dates, tickets go on sale next week. There's not a show announced anywhere in the world. My theory for that, and that could be off, but this is my take as an outsider. They want to test the waters and see what sort of reaction they get to this before they decide if they have to go to you and Peter and anyone else to throw some gas on the fire. They're trying to test the waters first before they make a commitment, which is why they're being a little bit cagey about anyone coming back because they don't know. I've never seen a band do press for a tour that doesn't exist. You want to hear something weird? Rachel was on Paul's site and there was a photo of him saying, we're rehearsing. And on the left corner of the picture was me. You could see my rings with my Les Paul with my face and the headstock. And you could see just the cutaway red horn of my Les Paul. And he posted it, and the, and the comments went through the roof. That's Ace! They're rehearsing yeah. together, right? The next day, he put the picture back on without me in it. Yeah. But they're testing the water. I think that's exactly what it is. But, you know, when I, I was in Los Angeles and I did a Q&A at the Musical Institute on Hollywood Boulevard, 500 people in the audience, you know, my, the nurse from my my doctor said she saw it. She goes, Ace, I didn't know you were a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> but to make a long story short, during that, during that, uh, I was... They proposed the same question to me, and I said, you know, in reality, it's not about what Paul and Gene says. It's not about what I say. When Doc McGee gets the phone calls from the promoters and say, we'll pay double totally. to have Ace and Peter involved in the next tour. Totally. That's a, yeah. And I think that's exactly what all this press is about. How much can we sell without them? Okay, now they're going to meet circled wagons. Well, now we need to at least put their name on it because it ain't what we thought it's going to be. Right. So, I mean, that's my take, but we'll see. Everybody asked me if I'm going to go. I said, I ain't going unless Ace is there or Peter's there. So, I mean. A lot of fans are saying yeah, that. <laughs> I mean, what's different? I mean, we've seen this already. and. Yeah. uh We'll find out. All right, listen, let's get a break in. I'm late for this break. We'll come back. We've got a few more minutes with Ace Fraley. We've got a bunch of phone calls. Again, the album is out on Friday everywhere. Get it. It's called Spaceman. There's three different versions of the vinyl. There's CD. Uh, there's probably 8-track coming at some point. Why, why not, right? My new... 
My new pool table. Uh, I'm going to look at Ace's new pool table while we go to break, that's, and we'll come back tif- and we'll talk. Billiard we'll talk life. more after this. This, this is, is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Well, I've been telling you about Pluto TV. It's pretty amazing. It's the leading free streaming television service. You can watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV never asks for a credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch free. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service. Watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand all for free. No credit card needed. No sign up. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies. What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again. Download Pluto TV for free on all your favorite devices today. This This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, if you or a loved one get leg or foot cramps, you know how painful and disruptive they can be. Muscle cramps can jolt you out of a sound sleep or interrupt your daily life. I have had that happen, folks. Listen carefully, because I can recently tell you, or I can tell you, I should say recently, about a product I learned about called TheraWorks Relief. It's a non-greasy foam that's proven to relieve muscle cramps fast and reduce muscle soreness. Plus, with daily use, TheraWorks Relief can even prevent muscle cramps before they start so you can get a full night's sleep or do the activities you love without worry. TheraWorks Relief, it only takes minutes to apply. It absorbs quickly and it works. People love the results. You've probably seen Dr. Drew Pinsky on TV talking about TheraWorks Relief and many of my colleagues on the radio are also talking about TheraWorks. Now, the holiday season is around the corner, so you know someone who suffers with muscle cramps and muscle soreness, I'm sure. And I'll tell you, I can't think of a better gift than TheraWorks Relief. It is uh, something I've actually used, and I've not had the problem since. Make it your choice, too. Get TheraWorks Relief today in the pain relief aisle at Walmart, CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, or by talking to your pharmacist. Learn more at TheraWorksRelief.com. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Uh, real quick, let's go to the phones. Guys, Make your, hit your questions real quick because we got a lot of calls. We'll get as many in as we can to say hello to Ace. This is Jay, who's in Mississippi. Go ahead, Jay. Ace, it's a pleasure to speak with you, my man. Oh, thank you, Jay. Hey, it's great, man. You was a huge influence on my life. I was just an outcast little kid. When I discovered Kiss Alive, man, you just you, you I got through a lot of hard times just because of you, man. And the best thing anyone can do is positively affect someone's life. And it's near impossible to do it without having ever met them or spoke to them. And you definitely was a positive influence in my, in my life. And I just wanted to tell you, I don't really have a question, but I just wanted to tell you thank you for all you've done for me, man. And uh Keep on rocking. Thank you so much because, you know, it's it's you and all the other fans that, you know, 
make our life easy and allow us to buy nice cars and big houses. And uh, I want to thank you for that. Thank you very much. Let's talk to Sam, who's in New York. Real quick, Ace, I just wanted your opinion and like to know how you felt. Back when you made The Elder, you absolutely hated it. How do you feel about it today? The Elder? Yeah, has it aged I, with you? I think The Elder is a, is a really good album. I thought my big problem with The Elder was that I don't I thought it was the wrong album for the time. You know, if we would have done Creatures of the Night instead of The Elder, you know, I don't think there would have been that lull in our career. You uh, you used to tell me, uh, thank you, Sam. You used to tell me that you have a bunch of recordings, like your a lot of your solos and stuff got cut out of the Elder. That yeah. you have you have tapes and stuff of what would have that record would have been if you had more. That'll be say. included in my box set, which is probably going to take a long time to put together. But are you going to go around and hand sell it to people for two grand? Of- <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put it in a vault. <laughs> Well, you know, you just set a safe. Maybe maybe you should put it in a little safe (laughs) with a little handle on top. (laughs) Uh, This is Chris in Florida. Chris, you're on with Ace Fraley. Hey, it's a pleasure, Ace. You were my first guitar hero. Nice to be here. Hi, Chris. Thank you. Hey, so my question to you is also in relation to the Elder album. um, After the album Unmasked, how far did Kiss get into recording that? hard rock back to basics album that they had promised fans before scrapping that idea and bringing the elder concept in so he's asking about a period between unmasked and the elder there was there there was talk chris your your understanding is there was talk of doing a hard rock record and before that was scrapped to do the elder yeah they had uh promised something that would be uh i believe to the kiss army newsletter that hinted at the new album would be uh, hard and heavy from start to finish before scrapping that. Obviously, Paul and Gene and um, Bob Ezrin, who produced that record, you know, changed their minds. And one of the things that really bummed me out is that once we lost Peter in the band, I had no voting power. You know, when we were a Democratic group, even if me and Peter felt one way and Paul and Gene felt the other, Bill O'Coin was the tiebreaker, but once Peter left, it was Paul and Gene against me. Even if I had a brilliant idea and they said no. It died right there. It died. That's when I realized I had to leave the group, amongst other things. Ronnie in Oklahoma. Ronnie, you're on with Ace. Uh, hey, Eddie. How you doing? Hi. Hey, Ace. How you doing, man? I'm hanging in there. Right, that's cool, man. Hey, uh, I have a question about your a couple of your earlier albums, like your Freely's Comet, Second Sighting, and Trouble Walking. Uh, I know on the Second Sighting album, uh, I was just I I know when I when I first bought it on vinyl, uh, well, I, there was a picture in the back, and I noticed Anton Fig wasn't on there, but you had Jamie Albaker. I mean, I I know he's a great drummer. He's got some credentials, you know, playing with Eric Clapton. He's and all. from Oklahoma. I see him when I go to Tulsa. I see him every yeah. once in a while, yeah. Yeah, I just wonder, you know, what, what was what was up with that? I mean, was not using Anton for that album. Anton, uh, unfortunately, wasn't able to to work as much because he was doing the David Letterman show at the time, correct? Yeah, I mean, I can speak to this because I worked on that record with you. Because, yeah. but, but there was also the thought that the band that was going to go play live would actually do the record because that wasn't yeah. you knew Anton could never go out on the road. 
So that was the idea uh, of trying to make the record yeah. like that. So, I mean, John Reagan brought in Sam, uh, Jamie Oldacre, and he's a great drummer. He's a different type of drummer that I've ever worked with. He because his background is different than any any of the heavy rock drummers I've worked with. So, but yeah. he was a good drummer and, and fun to work yeah. with. And unfortunately, you know, didn't work that out. Was- that was a good album. I, I mean, that, in my personal opinion, your second side. Well, all all your stuff you've done are are good are good music. Ace. You know what the best thing about second sighting is, Ronnie? Yeah. If you open up the dust, the 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 inner sleeve, there's a guy with two feet going to opposite directions. A photo. You know whose feet those are? Oh, yeah, I know who's who's are those. Me. <laughs> really? <laughs> For that's a true story. You remember that, wow. Ace? I remember like it was yesterday. I also remember <laughs> that during that album, I you were I not drank in the best lo- space. I drank no. a lot of cough syrup. Let's just say, <laughs> let's just say, Ace was not. Ace is not actually on some of Second Sighting. I could tell you stories forever, but uh, but Todd picked we up don't the have slack the time. there. Yeah, we don't have the time. But there's thank you, Ronnie. But there, I once while I was standing in the studio while Ace was making that record, I put one foot behind the other, and Ace almost fell off the chair. Pulled out his camera. And he even then, you were into like graphics and digital stuff. You took a photo, and you ended up making it the dust sleeve. Well, my thanks to Ace. That was a lot of fun. Appreciate him uh, dropping by my show on volume on Sirius XM 106. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. New episodes every Thursday. Thanks to Katie Irizari. She is the producer, and she puts it all together. And again, remember to follow me on social media, Twitter, where I am most active, at Eddie Trunk. Instagram, Facebook fan page, simply my name as well. And, of course, eddytrunk.com is the official online home. Go there and uh, you can find out everything going on, including all of my appearances that are right up there on the homepage. Don't forget, a couple cool shows coming to the Hard Rock in Hollywood, Florida as well. Allison Chains on the 28th and Marilyn Manson on the 30th of October and get those tickets. I was supposed to physically be there to host those shows. However, I am unable to attend because of the schedule I told you earlier in the podcast. But be sure to grab some tickets, get down there to that great venue in South Florida, and enjoy a couple great rock shows. I'll see you next Thursday for the next edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. You guys have a great week.
Listen to Richard and Jasmine Blaze fighting for the spotlight. You were very grumpy. I wasn't very grumpy. I was a little grumpy. He really is starving for attention. This is like this corkscrew spiral right now. <laughs> it's the recipe to a good time. Baking is the golf of <laughs> my food competition. Yeah, it is. It's golf. I'm, I'm golf clapping. Yeah, I'm going to sit yeah, down yeah, on golf. my sofa. I'm probably going to fall asleep, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll wake up before they announce a winner. Who's getting the jacket? Make sure you download Starving for Attention every Tuesday on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.